I have already started recording. So, get in the zone, everybody. Awesome. Well, welcome. Uh, for those of you listening, you might have just heard our recent It Depends podcast answering some design systems questions that Louis had had asked for on Twitter. But now we're going to take another detour and talk to some of our other lovely designer advocates about how they make those awesome DA tips that you all love, how they create content and some of their favorite tools. So first off, to introduce myself, I'm Sula. I have the privilege of being a product manager here at Figma. And with me, we've got Corey, we've got Miggy, and we've got Mallory. I'd love to do a round of introductions, starting first with Corey. You want to say a little hi? Hi, I'm Corey, designer advocate over in Tokyo. Awesome. I love some global representation here. And then over to you, Miggy. You want to say hi? Hi, y'all. I'm Miggy from Figgy and uh, designer advocate for education here at Figma. And to round us off, we save the best for last, don't we? Mallory, you wanna say hi? Hey, my name is Mallory and I'm also a designer advocate, but I'm out of Charleston, South Carolina, so also remote. Oh, I love it. Is it getting a lot of rain over there? Yes. Yes, yes. But glad it's downgraded to a tropical storm, guys. Stay safe, stay dry. All right. Well, we're going to go into some questions just to learn a little bit more about how these lovely designer advocates make their great content. I'd love to start with you, Mallory, actually. Just I'd like to hear a little bit more about some of the prep that you do in order to get ready for recording your tips, your content. And uh, yeah, share a little bit more. Yeah, I think my prep depends on, not to be like, it depends, but it really does. <laughs> it's on, the wrong episode, Mallory, get I know. out. It depends on the type, should I, wait. Answer again. Okay. So when I'm preparing for content, I, I think a lot about if it's going to belong in a series, the type of platform is going on the overall format um if I need to even think of like having a script or more structure to it um and sometimes I just go in and and you know film a bunch of shots or um kind of freehand it uh it really it really is just up to how I'm creatively feeling in that moment but sometimes I do actually kind of even storyboard it out, think of like a good structure for it, especially if it's more of a tip with visual um, guidance or like direction that is needing to kind of, I guess, be almost like a tutorial because there are some considerations with how you are telling that story, but also visually focusing on specific features or, or ideas. I love that. I love it. And I want to throw this over to Corey, especially because he's creating a lot of content for our lovely Japanese speaking audience. I'd love to hear from you if there is any different approaches you take in terms of preparing content for that audience specifically. Yeah, I feel like a good tip is always like really focused and it gets the point across or emphasizes the point pretty good. So my process is usually kind of starting from figuring out what the tip is and then after I explain it, I continuously kind of edit it down and to get to like the shortest form possible. Whether it's like the um, if I have if I have voiceover on it, then I'll continue to edit down and try to get it as as uh, short as possible. Um, and if it's like a you know visual thing, I do the same thing as well. I'll try to crop it, try to get really close in, and try to just focus on the details. So I think a good tip is really just like moving all the distractions and just going straight to the point. 
um, getting that kind of juicy uh, information about, you know, how to use Figma, right? I love that. I love that. And then going a little bit into the recording process and the tools that someone might use, Miggy, I mean, a lot of us love that Miggy with Figgy content. It looks so sharp, so polished. I know probably a question you always get is just, what are you using, man, to make it look so nice? I'd love to hear a little bit more. I feel like that's a loaded question. (laughs) I know we were saying it depends, but uh, yeah, largely it depends on what it is that I'm making. If I'm making something for YouTube, if I'm making something for Twitter, if I'm making something for Instagram, I consider the the media, the output, whether or not I'm going to be uh, have my face in it and and walk through something if I'm using green screen or is it going to just be like a screen recording? So uh, if it's going to be just like an animated GIF, I will screen record. I use this uh, application CleanShot and I'll take that video and I'll drop it into GIFSKI. Oftentimes I might actually cut that up. So I will take that into another application called either... Camtasia or After Effects, depending on whether or not I'm going to be zooming in and out of the interface to highlight certain aspects of it. Um, when I'm doing screen recordings where I am also present, right? Like my face is there. I actually am using this software called uh, OBS, Open Broadcasting Software, which gives me the opportunity to do a lot of layers. I can green screen myself in. I can add additional graphics. I can kind of record these as kind of like these like flattened, composed um, compositions and and do that. So when I'm recording those, I record whole long stretches, like single takes and, and over and over and over again. And then I will chop those up uh, as needed. And uh, recently I've been using Descript to do a lot of my, my captioning for a lot of my editing it has really streamlined my process, making the the making it more accessible uh, as well. So just being able to like caption, burn in captions, or capture the SRT files, that's been really important for me as well. So it's a whole slew of tools. Like I can just recap. So like CleanShot for like screen recording, uh, GIFSKI if I'm going to turn a video into an animated GIF, um, Camtasia or After Effects depending on the degree of complexity and the output that I want to have. And uh, Descript usually for like a lot of the editing and captioning. And if I want really clear burned in captions, I might do a little bit of finishing in something like Premiere Pro. Because I've been using these applications for like a number of years, it's, it's pretty simple for me. But um, I think I can pretty much get down some of my process to just OBS and Descript. So that's kind of what I'm leaning on as I'm working with others to also have a similar process and really trying to streamline the tools used. I love that. I love that. And uh, Corey or Mallory, anything to add in terms of other tools uh, that Maggie either didn't touch on or you're like a big plus one to? Yeah, I I think all of that is really great. And I've learned a lot from Maggie in the tooling, but I am not that fancy. I I just love my phone. I use that that. for a lot of um, quick quick videos. If I'm doing screen recordings, I have started to use Descript, which is like really a game changer. It speeds it up real fast, but a lot of the videos for social, so for TikTok or other vertical platforms, I love to just use my phone 
And I've used some apps like CapCut before, which makes it really easy to just upload them right away, add captions, and either send it off to a coworker to give you feedback, or you can just automatically upload it directly to the platform. So um, I just like to recommend people to really just try things out with your phone first. A lot of these cameras are, are pretty good, and, and you don't need to focus so much on, on the right tools you're using immediately. I love it. I love it. Corey, anything to add? No pressure. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty simple. Um, depends on how complicated the tip is. If it's just something that's visual, um, I might even just use like the native like Mac um, screen capture tool, which is like, and I think it's like command shift four or five or something like that, and just crop in on exactly what I want to do, and then just record that and then use that as, you know, my tip. Or if I'm doing something longer, like a longer recording, um, I've been using a software called ScreenFlow recently, and what that allows me to do is, is capture um, not only my camera, my a webcam, but at the same time, I capture my screen. So um, I can do you know both streams at the same time. But um, it is kind of tricky to do sometimes to talk through what you're doing, and also you know do all the things on screen at the same time. I find that as you're doing that, sometimes you either have you have dead space, like you know maybe either you're talking a lot and your mouse is not moving a lot, or you're talking too little and your mouse is moving a lot, right? Um, so I have been trying to kind of script things out, and sometimes I will kind of do both se and separate streams, so I'll just do like a kind of a voiceover um, with a video feed, and then I'll do the um, actual screen capture separately, and then kind of put those together just so I can get that really kind of like succinct um, timing and not have that kind of like dead space in there where you're like, you know, you're talking, but the mouse is not moving, or you're waiting for something to happen. Um, I want to make it really kind of like succinct and, and like um, concise. I love it. I love that so much. Well, then also pivoting outside of your own work stream, I'd love to hear if any of y'all have some favorite content creators, tutorial kind of tip channels or anything that you guys follow or are really into. Anything like that, Mickey, for you? Other people that I like look for their tips? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I asked Maggie specifically because I knew what his answer would be. He's really? like, I look at my own tips no, and no. I'm inspired by my own tips. <laughs> that that's 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 not the case. Um, I usually don't want other people to influence me too much. So like, totally I think fair. a lot of what I've done is probably like the inspiration that I have is probably just coming from my own memory of like lynda.com tutorials <laughs> so there there's one artist von glitchka who does a lot of like vector artwork and i remember that he has a really good series on lynda.com and i would actually say that i'm more inspired what he like i'm inspired to do what he doesn't do you know like he will just kind of go on and on for for a lot of those you have to fill in time yeah totally. and, and i've been trying to be brief but um i think what i have been most inspired by um that has been kind of guiding me is just kind of like watching tiktoks and trying to be a little bit snappier i've been incorporating closer cuts between my content um but a lot of what I do, like I like playing around with compositing. I like moving, like like motion graphics. So I might look towards like motion graphics work to inspire me. I might, you know, draw upon. So I used to teach, you know, I, I've taught at a university for a long time. I oftentimes think of 
when I would do tutorials with my students, I just think of what worked and what didn't work. And I try to like hone that in and, and capture that in. So I've actually used to do this with like flash. I used to do flash oh tutorials, but I never published them on YouTube. They were, or I did publish well, them on YouTube. Was there YouTube? <laughs> there, well, this was like when YouTube right? first started. I mean, it's a legit question. Yeah, this is when, I mean, YouTube was made in flash. Yeah, first. oh my gosh. Yeah, so YouTube was flash based, but I would do flash tutorials for my students. I would pre record that content um, and then deliver it to them. So I was using software, I was using Camtasia way back then as an educator doing that and part of my whole goal was to get these like five minute stints out to them so that what is what largely informed how I did things at first and then one thing that I do is I change it up every time I sit down to record a tip mm -hmm. whether it's something short or something long I just try to think of what is something new that I can maybe do to like hone this or change it a little bit I don't like staying stagnant with the process, which is one reason why I may use so many tools because I'm constantly evaluating and reevaluating the tools that I use and, uh, and the process surrounding it. So even going from like a 1920 about 1080 to like going to 4K content, how can I make that a little bit better? How can I push that content to look a little bit crisper? What is the best way to upload it? How am I compressing it before it's actually going on to these platforms how am i getting the best color out of it so all of these things i'm also taking in, in, into consideration because you know i have done a lot of like motion graphics work and how can i do that but quickly for more for you know lack of a better term like ephemeral content yeah, and I love it. It's not just about being inspired by individuals, but just by other channels, formats, processes, and experiences. Mallory, anything to add in terms of what inspires how you approach content making? Yeah, for sure. I think I have two separate answers for this. So I look for inspiration for visuals and then for personality and how I show up. Um, obviously, not in a way that I have like a separate persona but i look to a lot of creators on how they're showing up authentically and how i can better bring my personality into my videos um and not just like tip specific but i look i i'm really inspired by those that are just a hundred percent themselves so um because i i just feel like that's how especially my generation really connects I've, I talk about this phrase all the time. People love to just feel like they're talking on FaceTime with their best friend in a lot of videos. Like you just want that connection when it gets too stuffy and overproduced sometimes. Um, it, at least for me, it doesn't feel as genuine when I'm putting it out. Now for like actual visual inspiration into how people are making their content, I look at um, chefs, I look at people who do crafts or um, even like study vloggers because I think it's just like a really interesting way that they're able to show you what they're doing without describing it in real time. So I'll look at how they have different angles or how they show you the process of, for example, baking a cake. Like I think I can learn a lot from that and how to visually show maybe a process like a design with me without just like showing my screen or screen recording in different ways. I yeah. love that. Corey, to round us off here, anything from 
from you in terms of what inspires your making process? Um, I'm definitely new to the game for content creation. So long time product designer, I don't, first time content creator. <laughs> so and, and like, um, honestly, I'm just right now still just trying to uh, find my own style. Um, so yeah. I'm just looking around and just, you know, checking out what everyone else is doing and looking to the masters like, um, like Miggy and Mal over here. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that that's really helpful for anyone who's listening to know, right? It's not just about experience in the specific thing. Sometimes it's it's really great to be fresh to it. And Corey, I think because you have a fresher take, actually, and you're newer to it, that's bringing something special. Maggie, I see a hand raised over there. I just want to give a special shout out to uh, Anthony Despezio uh, on the Designer Advocate team. As Mallory was saying, kind of like finding the voice and like looking towards others, I saw him do a video where he just said, hey, friends, and then then said, I believe, happy designing at the end. And I was like, I need to ratchet it up. Like, I just need to come as like my own personality. I think yeah. the first few videos that I did was were very dry very academic because like i felt that that's the way that it should be me coming from an academic setting going into that tutorial voice and since then i've begun to to kind of shift that i've showed up as my authentic self just being miggy one twitter follower actually reached out to me and said in response to me saying editing out all of my verbal tics and he said don't do that show up just be yourself that's what makes you you that's great and actually seeing others kind of have that degree of like policing like in a comment on youtube don't ever read the comments on youtube folks (laughs) seeing that comment first and then seeing others kind of responding to maybe a verbal tic or their or the way that I might do something when I make an unscripted video, you know, I realize it's better that those are in there. It shows that I'm a human. It shows that I'm a human being. I feel that things that are too processed and even though I might do a little bit higher production value or like, you know, editing, I I try to make the the, the tips that I do as as human as possible. Like it's all just me. I'm not handing this off to an editor. Uh, There's nobody else involved in that process. I'm, I'm making something, I'm putting it out. Um, I think I've, I've, I've been trying to like really go as the guy whose hat sticks out of the circle and and that actually works. Uh, I know that students have referred to me in that way. So like I'm leaning into that. So I do, you know, use a green screen, all that, but I still going to lean in. I'm going to own my verbal tics and, uh, and going to be myself. Mallory, I see you have a hand up. I, I just wanted to say as I was hearing Corey say that he's on this new journey, like just starting out. And I think a lot of people want to get into content or creating tips and they are so scared, but you really just have to start and you have to try. And the only way you're going to find your style and and what sticks with yourself and others is if you just try a bunch of different formats, try anything you can think of and try not to delete them you're gonna be discouraged at first because it can be like crickets. But even if you just, like Mickey said, even you just get one comment of someone saying, this really helped me, this show, you, I feel represented or like you answered my question, that's all that matters. Um, don't follow likes and, and, and numbers. You, It's the best thing is just to try and see how you feel about your content. And if you can just help one person or 
or even just creating something for yourself, it, that's the best at the end of the day. Go ahead, Corey. Yeah, just to add to that, I feel like um, when I thought about content, I always thought about like, I need to have something that's really, really like in depth that you know people would never know and stuff like that. And I, had, and I just kind of like rack my brain to think about like content ideas and stuff like that. But then like I realized like when I'm talking to people like in live sessions and stuff like that, like I'll just say things off the cuff and say, hey, oh yeah, you can do this and use a shortcut to, you know, change these things. And they're like, oh, this is amazing. I did not know that. And then like, it, you know, it's like, oh, it's just changed my life. Um, so like even the smallest thing you think is not a tip and not, it's not helpful. You think it's obvious to you is not always obvious to someone else. So like, don't be afraid to kind of to share whatever you, whatever comes in to, top, to the top of your mind. Um, and the things you do daily instead of trying to like force it and trying to research something very, very specific that you think people need to know. Like, I feel like there's a lot of knowledge that you know, um, but you don't realize that it is knowledge that other, that can be useful to other people. I love that. And we'll have our last uh, one from Mickey here. We've got lots to say on this, which I love. Go ahead, Mickey. Yeah, no, like Corey, 100%. Um, so many people feel like everything that has to be like, that is worth saying has already been said. There's just so much room. There's so many voices. There's so many ways to learn things. We need like reminders from like other folks. And uh, the one thing that I'm gonna speak to too is that uh, I was so grateful for, for Mallory did a, a, a talk recently on some of her content and the fact that, you know, she, she recorded like 10 pieces of content in like one day. And uh, I would say if you're just getting started just 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 churn it out um even if no one's ever going to see it even though i do encourage you to just put it out there it's it's okay you know you're it's going to be difficult to hear your voice or see your face um it's going to be received well and if anything you're going to learn something about it you just just put out everyone has a different style no one style is going to be the right way one thing that really leveled me up was a similar instance where I just kind of commanded myself to do like five or six tips in a row. It was Figma, Maker Week, and I just did like a whole different style and just just one after the other after the other. And the learnings from that were just so quick, right? So like iterate, develop, think of it. If you're a designer, think of the way that you design, the way that you identify problems, the way that you work through your process, the same can be said for content creation. So if you want to have a voice, if you want to put it out there, you know, please do. There's still so much more room for the content. There's still so many other individuals that you can touch, that you can inspire. I feel that it's actually still like kind of undersaturated. Um, so you can be like in your own bubble and saying, oh, well, it's, it's already out there. I guarantee you, you have something to share with others, you have something to impart on others. Um, there's always there's always gonna be more space. I love it. And to round us off here, we have one more kind of fun fall related question coming from me, which is we are all in stateside, so we've got something called Halloween coming up next month. And I'm just curious to go around the room to hear what was kind of your all time best Halloween costume for each of you. I feel like with designers, we can get some really good ones. Corey is like, no, don't ask me. I, I don't celebrate Halloween. <laughs> but Corey, do you got a favorite costume that you've that you've worn over the years that you were very proud of that was really really good Scary. i don't know i can't remember like the only thing i remember 
about Halloween is always all the candy I got. Like, and <laughs> like I was always hyped for candy more than the Halloween costume itself. Oh, totally. That's so, fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, Mickey, were you really into Halloween? Did you have a really rad costume any year? There was one costume one year that I got really, really into. So in the Caribbean, there is a, well, it was actually just drawing inspiration from many spaces. So there's like, um, like a, like a, like within like like voodoo uh, and like Santeria, there's like a Baron Samedi that has like a, like a skull painted face and like a whole getup, which was represented in that year's American Horror Story as uh, Papa Legba, right? So there was oh, kind of like a different name cool. associated. So I kind of developed a uh, kind of from that aesthetic, you know, just kind of developed it up and actually went really all in on like jewelry. Uh, coattails I made a custom top hat um, really went in with uh, uh, just how I did like my my makeup and uh, it was really well received I, I scared people as I like came down the street and uh, when I went through the Castro people were like Papa Legba <laughs> and uh, it was it was uh, it was really cool I love it Mallory you got a good costume um I would say not that many original ones but when I was really young my mom would make all of our costumes and she made oh. me uh, a horse costume because i used to ride horses and you um, were the whole horse by yourself yes yes i was oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> that's so cute i love it and i know i didn't necessarily ask myself i think for me one year was one of the twins from the shining with one of my co-workers i've been i think her name is kim from edward scissorhands and then also, I think her name is Go-Go from Kill Bill. So Halloween is clearly wow. a holiday I dig. Well, this has been such a pleasure. Again, I'm Asula, and uh, we were so privileged to hear a little bit about their content-making process from Corey, Miggy, and Mallory. And yeah, thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Till next time, bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. bye.